Hello there, and welcome to yet another exciting special edition of The Partial Historians. I am your host, Dr. Radford. And I am your (laughs) co-host... Host, host of equalness. She is <laughs> completely equal. Some might argue my superior. <laughs> and I'm Dr. Peter Greenfield. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> We've got a special edition today on yet another Imperial Woman. Yeah, another moment where I feel like sound effects might be appropriate. I, I really know. should invest in a triangle. Like, <laughs> ding! Yes, today we're going to be looking at Agrippina the Young. Indeed. And we're going to be looking at it, first of all, within the context of Claudius's rule. True. So, sticking with the... We ended up with Claudius and Messalina. Mm. That ended badly, yes. as I'm sure you're well aware by now. Yet another marriage <laughs> gone under for poor Claudius. <laughs> another one bites the dust. Exactly. What does one do in these times of trouble? Well, I don't know about you, but I've always heard the best way to get over someone is to get under someone. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is more true for men than it is yeah. for women. <laughs> But perhaps it really depends on the relationship. <laughs> in any case, you've got a dead body on your hands, you've gotten rid of that, and you think to yourself, you know what would be nice? Another wife. <laughs> Preferably one I'm related to. Yes. Ooh, yummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so who is Agrippina the Younger? Where does she fit into things in the family tree that we've been exploring? So she's the daughter of Germanicus mm-hmm. and Agrippina the Elder. Ah, uh, yes. People may remember, because we've told them about a zillion times, <laughs> that this couple was like the golden couple. <laughs> so she had... Guys. Yeah, she I'm had that same this. little sparkle, ting, ting, halo. <laughs> <laughs> but Agrippina has a, a sort of an illustrious history even before the association with Claudius True, comes of, into play. Yeah, because Not, of course, being the child of Agrippina and Germanicus meant that she was the sister of Caligula. Mm. And she was directly descended from Augustus in the sense that her mother was the daughter of Julia. Mm. The Julia that we did a special episode on. Mm. Julia, who is the daughter of Augustus. <laughs> oh, that Julia. Yes, yes. You see you see where I'm tying these threads, listeners. Yeah? Like you're, you're sewing it all together yeah. for me. I'm getting a real picture now. <laughs> yes. So it's safe to say that her ancestry can scarce be beat. Yeah, in terms of like connection back to Augustus, yeah, she's got it happening. Yeah, uh, definitely the sort of person you want to have on side, and somebody who has been lauded uh, under the rule of Caligula. Yes, uh, he celebrated each of the three sisters. He was rather fond of his sisters. People may remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, she did, she's not up there with Drusilla. No, uh, out of those three, but she certainly appears uh, in public imagery, mm. and she has a role to play and. So she has a history of being out in the public eye yes. in a way that's becoming increasingly common for imperial women. Yes. So the public know her, mm-hmm. they've got some sort of attachment to her. Yes. So when her name gets thrown into the mix for the potential next wife of Claudius, mm. this is something that... It's not out of the blue in the sense that people don't know who she is. Yeah, no, and she's kind of like a front-runner as well because yeah. of her popularity. Yeah. I mean, people might have been... A little surprised, given that Claudius was her uncle. <laughs> Talk but... about a little bit gross. Yeah, uncomfortable. <laughs> uncomfortable. Getting together for family festivals. Yeah. You know, I don't actually even remember that being a reason against her. Like, <laughs> well, no. Yeah. I mean, her popularity certainly publicly outweighs the popularity of the other two candidates. There yes. are a couple of other women involved, of course. Yes, because I mean, this is the thing. This is how the sources really paint it for us. Mm. That the the freedmen. You might recall when we talk about Claudius, we did talk about the freedmen a lot. Yes. Uh, yes. These former slaves who are now essentially working for... Who effectively for, run his 
court. Yeah, yeah. We've got we've got a sort of a palace courtier situation. Yeah, happening. exactly. They essentially work for him still, but they're just mm. you know <laughs> better paid. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, um, because the sources paint this real picture of a, an emperor who's dominated by wives and freedmen, mm. the freedmen are of course the people who are going to decide <laughs> who Claudius marries. There's next. a bit of a competition. They're yeah. like each of them has their preferred candidate. Exactly. They're like hey 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 hey. hey. <laughs> she's pretty hot. She's pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen this one? Yeah. Yeah. I I wonder how. Uh, embarrassing the parading of these women became I know it feels the, like it would be awkward competition yeah. phase like they you know oh. do we have a swimsuit <laughs> section to this I know you just kind of feel like maybe they just organised for them to like bump into each other like <laughs> oh hey uncle hey niece what's going on nothing much you come here often <laughs> <laughs> how about some afternoon tea exactly mm. so yes but yeah Agrippina despite her relationship uh, with Claudius She's the only one who has a strong blood relationship with yes. Claudius. The only one who has a legal obstacle to having a marriage with Claudius yes. in this and sense. I mean, and this is the thing that Claudius, obviously, you know, we talked a little about this before. Because Claudius was never really expected to amount to much in the public sphere, mm. or in the private sphere either, really, but particularly in the public sphere. Poor man. Uh, yeah, his connections with Augustus were perhaps not as strong as he would have liked, mm. perhaps. Mm. Um, so marrying someone of... Oh, look, this is going to... Yeah. The ante. Mm. This is like bringing the strands together. Exactly. Uh, Claudius being, even the name Claudius associates him much more strongly with Livia's side exactly. than it does with Augustus's side Precisely. of the family. So bringing Agrippina into the mix, yep. really nice way to to up the ante on the. And Augustus of course, there connection. is the suggestion that perhaps also Agrippina was, you know, for the very reason of her bloodline, dangerous single <laughs> or married to someone else <laughs> don't want to let that catch out no. you don't want another man attached to that lady yeah well i mean agrippina's had a couple of marriages already mm. uh. yeah well yeah basically perhaps we should backtrack a little bit um although she might have uh, been so much vaunted under caligula's rule that didn't continue his entire rule <laughs> um she and uh, her other sister not drusilla they end up in exile. Yeah, at so the, end of the villa thing. and Agrippina, mm. they end up losing out at the end of Caligula's rule. Yeah, much like everyone really did with Caligula. They ran afoul mm. somehow um, and they ended up in exile. Luckily, they managed to outlive him because <laughs> if, if, it, if he you lasted can... too much longer, who knows? <laughs> Luckily, if you outlive the guy, you might get to be recalled. Exactly. Welcome home. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, of course, uh, she had cast about for a uh, for another husband. Um, because Claudius obviously be married to Messalina. Yeah, so Agrippina has uh, her first marriage is to Gnaeus Domitius Ahenobarbus. Uh, he's a fantastic character. I won't go into him too much right now. <laughs> uh, but they do have a son mm. who ends up being Nero. Mm. Uh, he's known as Domitius for the early part of his life yes. after his father, mm. rightly so. There is a second marriage uh, to a guy called Passienus Crispus, mm. according to Pliny. Not much seems to be happening there. No, I mean, he's, he's, he, I mean I've, I've read you know, suggestions that he was, you know, I think it's fairly well established that he was very wealthy, which might have been mm. the attraction for her, because we don't really know what her financial... Yeah, we don't really know what her finances were after Caligula, you know, exiled yeah. her and stuff. Yeah, it's not clear necessarily how she's managed to survive no. out of that. And, uh, you know, it, she wouldn't want to become a prostitute or anything, so... <laughs> Selling herself off <laughs> in marriage. I don't know. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, but this guy was, I mean, you know, you hear you know, some suggestions that he was, you know, rather witty and 
quite mm. a lot of fun. Well, but they we- don't seem to have any children, though, so there's no. not much going on in that sense. Well. <laughs> uh, and by the time it gets around to her being on the table as a possibility for Claudius, she's yes. actually considered to be relatively old out of the candidate. Yeah, because, of course, um, her, she's in a her second husband dies rather opportunely. Oops. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So um, he opportunely died around the time that Claudius was looking for a wife. (laughs) Not too long. I'm not seeing like correlation does not equal causation. No, 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 no. no, no. It's it's definitely it's definitely not anything linked to that. But you know, it's around that time. Uh, She's single. He's single. Mm. Match made in heaven. There's just that small legal obstacle about not being able to marry your brother's daughter yeah. to get around. And once they clear that up, and they do clear, clear that, that up, up yeah. pass some new laws, yeah. get that solved, yeah. all of a sudden... It's just a legal complication. There's nothing gross about it. <laughs> I'm sure there's a reason why that law existed. But yeah. leaving that aside for now, they do quickly run through a change in the law. Mm. It's now okay. The popular support is behind Agrippina. Yep. Which means that her freedman who's supporting her palace is obviously doing quite well out of this Arrangement. deal. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's been shown some favour here. Mm. He's probably thinking, I'm on the up and up inside Claudius's court. You might think so. And thus, they are married. Yes. Now, of course, uh, some of you might remember that we mentioned uh, another freedman who was prominent under Claudius's reign, mm. Narcissus. Yes. Uh, last time because he had particular connections to Messalina. Uh, and Agrippina perhaps might have had a hand in the fact that he seems to be disappearing from the picture. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, she's got a, an interest in eliminating people who are potential rivals who will undermine her position. Mm. Narcissus the freedman was supporting Aelia Patina mm. as Claudius's potential new wife, yes. which was his former wife. Yeah. <laughs> Very imaginative, isn't it? <laughs> no, not particularly on his part. Yeah, he's so, getting lazy. He got too confident. <laughs> so not only does he have this connection back to Messalina, but he also is actively supporting somebody who is potentially a real a real rival, yeah. a real rival uh, for Claudius's affection during this. Marriage, exactly, courtship yeah. phase business. Exactly. And Agrippina, I mean, you know, again, not to get too psychological, but if we look back on her history, you know, she's lived through, you know, like, she knows what's happened, obviously, to her mother um, and her brothers under Tiberius. If, for those of you who can't remember, they uh, either starved to death <gasps> or were eliminated somehow. Yeah, yeah they, they were basically eliminated under Tiberius's rule. She then thought perhaps she was entering a more secure area of her life with Caligula, her brother, only to find that wasn't true either. Mm, mm. And then, of course, um, when Messalina was in the Ascendant, um, she's also seen the exile and death of her sister, mm. uh, Lavilla. Um, you know, you know. again, who, who knows really why, you know, allegedly for... You know, yeah, I mean, it's safe to say that Agrippina has seen a, a real share of trauma yeah. in her life in terms of... The insecurity yes. of people's place and position situation in any given scenario. So it's in her interest, and perhaps it's it's part of like indelibly linked to her character at this stage that it's so important to shore up and secure what you have. Yes, and this means embarking on a process of systematic elimination of rivals. Yes, and this is the difference, I suppose, we see between Messalina and Agrippina in the sources, in that Messalina is portrayed as, uh, although she's powerful, 
she seems to be a bit flighty. Mm. <laughs> a little bit of a scatterbrain, perhaps. She's not systematic. She's no, more no. she's more driven by uh, you know, typical womanly things like emotion and her libido and all those kinds of lower order. Well, at least so it would appear. If so, she, it, the sources, she's not yeah. systematic in perhaps the same way that Agrippina, that Agrippina yeah. is yeah, systematic. Yeah, I say this is the sources talking here, but this is the mm. kind of sense that we get of them, whereas Agrippina is portrayed as like, she's described as being sort of masculine in her approach to power. Yeah, in that yeah. she really knows how to play the game and she plays it well. Mm. Um, and yeah, she gains a, a certain amount of admiration from people like Tacitus yeah. uh, who see her, if not exceeding her position, but at least embodying some sort of masculine aspect while she does it. She's now, whether, yeah. now, whether that's a compliment or a real yeah, criticism a yeah. <laughs> is another matter entirely. Yeah. But she is systematic. She gets rid of the other rivals for that who are in contention for the marriage has them eliminated. Smart. Yeah. Uh, she manages to work her way to getting some of her personal rivals out of the way so she can secure marriages uh, with other children. So there was an arrangement with Messalina's daughter, mm. Octavia, yep. and a certain gentleman. This is now broken off to free up Octavia to marry Agrippina's son, Nero. Now, hold on a second. Am I hearing you correctly? Uh, is there another marriage happening within the family? Perhaps, perhaps. Now, again, a slight legal complication. <laughs> well, it's interesting, actually. Like, Messalina has left a legacy of two children. Yes. We have Octavia and yep. we have Britannicus. And Nero is around the same age as Britannicus, but he's slightly older. Yeah, he's about yeah. three years older mm. than Britannicus. Mm. And so we have Domitius yep. taken on as... Uh, Nero, the stepchild, the older brother now, the yep. older stepbrother of Britannicus. Yeah. And we see uh, movements within the family of her trying to tie in Claudius's biological children with her own prodigy. Yes. And this seems to be, uh, if you were thinking that Messalina was somebody that she had an intense rival with, with perhaps, or that legacy doesn't sort of outlive Messalina's death. No. Um, she's far more interested in making sure that the connection is secure between the lines of the family yeah. and cementing herself within yeah, that, exactly. it's not that in her, central position. Yeah, it's with not in her Claudius. interest to divide them because she doesn't need rivals. She no, needs, she increases the legitimacy yeah. of her own son by yeah. connecting him to the biological because, children yeah, of Yeah, because Nero will be her only child. And so, well, is, at this stage, I think she she already knows that exactly. As well. Yeah. So this is really, you know, this is her shot. <laughs> um, and I've got one card, and I'm gonna play <laughs> exactly. And being a, being a son, thank God for her, I suppose. Mm. Um, there is obviously the real chance that now that she's in this position, she can move him into the line of power. Yeah, you know. definitely. And so it's not very long into the process of the marriage that uh, Domitius is officially adopted, becomes Nero, yeah. and is conferred with preference for being the older son. Yeah. So, so I mean, this is this is kind of unusual because this is basically Claudius giving preference to a child that's not his own mm. over his natural son. But this seems to be the sort of thing mm. that the Romans have less trouble with than we do. Yeah. So in Roman tradition, if you're adopted into a family... Mm they don't necessarily distinguish that it's yeah. an adoption, you're considered to be a son. Exactly, yeah. So in this sort of situation, 
uh, an adopted son, or as Nero becomes, yeah. is just as valid yes. as a biological son. Completely. Once the decision has been made, once the law has been, like, everything's put into place legally, yeah. it's, it's as if you have a new father. And you have to also think that, you know, Claudius is not an idiot, despite all the evidence to the what? contrary. What? What? <laughs> and, I mean, he, no, we know. <laughs> he, yeah, obviously, with Nero having Agrippina as his mother, he's got the better ancestry, you know, mm. over Britannicus, you know, yeah. over, um, you know, he's, he's got that connection to Augustus. And who is Britannicus? The son of Claudius and Messalina, his disgraced oh, daughter as well. And, and in the way that only young, rich, privileged boys can be, they're utterly nasty to each other yes. whenever they have the opportunity as well. <laughs> if this wasn't a podcast, I'd stage a little slappy fight with you right now. <laughs> That's what I always think of when I think of Britannicus and Nero's children. <laughs> Look, they're always trying to show each other up. They're yep. always insulting each other in public. Yeah, There are some times where Nero tries to set Britannicus up for a fall and Britannicus slaps him in the face in a clever way. <laughs> These two go at it, sort of hammer and tongs whenever they can. Yeah. So not happy families, exactly. <laughs> you you can say they're all brothers and sons, but that doesn't necessarily mean they'll get along. Now, in addition to eliminating potential rivals and shoring up her own position, mm. uh, she also does restore the position of certain citizens as well. So people yep. who have been exiled... Yeah, uh, under Messalina or under the Caligula, yep. she starts to bring back the people who were, you would suppose, are uh, previously supportive of her. Yeah, and one of I suppose the most notable of these people is Seneca. Yeah, Seneca um, the Younger returns yeah. to Rome. Yeah, and he's going to end up having a greater prominence as time yeah. goes on. I mean, for those of you who aren't as familiar with this period, uh, Seneca is well known for numerous. Uh, numerous works which have been left behind of varying... He's a bit of a philosopher. He's a bit of a philosopher. He's a bit of a political activist. Exactly, yeah. Um, and so he's and he's known as sort of, you know, someone who, who's obviously a great writer of that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he is a person of note and he was, notably, <laughs> uh, exiled seemingly for his involvement, you know, allegedly for his involvement with Agrippina's sister, Lavilla. Mm. So, yes, yes, yeah, family yeah. connections, family connections. <laughs> All comes back to the family. It does, it so does. there are some really interesting things that happen to Agrippina now that she's the wife of Claudius. Mm. Uh, she's at the pinnacle. She's at the pinnacle. Mm. And, and she's marked out as being particularly important in terms of hindsight from our perspective because mm. she's one of... Uh, these first women to be associated with the title Augustus in her own lifetime. Yeah, exactly. This is something that, um, again, you may recall that Livia, it was, you know, given to Livia. This is offered to Livia after the death of Augustus. Yes. So she is pretty much the only other example. Messalina has offered it, but Claudius says that's inappropriate. Yep. This time he doesn't say no. No, exactly. And one has to suspect it's because... Because of the stronger family tie back to Augustus. I mean, she does have a a legitimate claim to to being known as Augusta. Completely, yeah. Absolutely. And that's that's a huge honour for her. Uh, shows a shows real achievement. Bravo, bravo. <laughs> <laughs> nice work, sister. Nice work. Uh, now things skip fairly quickly along. I mean, we don't. So that Claudius and Agrippina they're married in forty nine, mm. and Claudius dies in fifty four. So, so there's no huge. We don't have a lot of time to deal with. No. Uh, a lot of the things that take place that are of interest for. Uh, the relationship between Claudius and Agrippina relate to the advancement of Nero in various ways. Exactly. So the fact that Nero is uh, given 
the toga virilis, the toga of manhood, early and is designated uh, to hold the consulship when he turns 20. Mm. So years in advance of when he gets there. Yeah. So he's given all of these privileges. While Britannicus is sort of pushed down and... He remains in the toga of childhood. Yeah. Oh, thank God, that must have been annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so frustrating. (laughs) As a growing man. Yeah, I know. (laughs) One thing Nero would have always... There's nothing like not being given your toga (laughs) But certainly this means that there is a real visual distinction in the public eye between Nero as the man and Britannicus as the boy. Yeah, and of course we have to sort of avoid uh, falling into the trap of, you know, looking back on things... Um, with the benefit of hindsight here, in that for those of you who know who we're talking about when we're talking about Nero, he obviously has quite a reputation uh, uh, these days yeah. as you know, the emperor that fiddled went well and burned, and he's been in movies like Quo Vadis, where he's you know, brilliantly <laughs> played by Peter Ustinov, um, very memorable, uh, and he's somewhat a ludicrous figure. Yeah, he becomes a figure of ridicule. Yeah, but uh, this for... is well before this, you know... Yeah, this is, yeah. A, this is a child uh, currently fatherless, uh, finding his way in a new family. Yeah, good-looking, and... apparently. Mm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> charming when he wants to be. Exactly. And, and being advanced ahead of his years. Yes. Uh, and with that connection to uh, Germanicus and, and Augustus, I mean... Yeah, yeah, a very rich family history and tradition, yeah. which he'd be well aware of. Totally, yeah. And he's, this is the sort of thing that he's going to use as a young man who's not quite as diplomatic as he could be to lord it over Britannicus a little bit as well. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad, so sad. <laughs> yeah. So by 53, mm-hmm. we see the marriage of Nero to Octavia. Mm. So so she actually has to Octavia's be... Octavia's sister of Britannicus. Yeah, yeah. So Octavia, because, because Nero has been adopted um, and therefore is like a real son, you know, in that mm. family, Octavia actually has to be adopted out <laughs> of the family. In you order can't have a brother and sister get married, can you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Mm. What's the way around this? I know, I know. We'll legally make her part of another family. <laughs> That's convenient. Yes. As if it wasn't bad enough with the uncle-niece sort of thing going I on. I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, so yes. Well, they're not married. as strongly related as they as they would appear to be. But according to Roman law, once it's your brother and sister, you're brother and sister. Gross. So yeah. you've got to adopt her out, so then she's the daughter of a different family. I know, it's still a little gross, you have to admit. <laughs> Anywho, it happened. Well, yeah. <laughs> it happened, Yeah, so be it. And this leads us directly into 54, mm. uh, where things go downhill. Uh, As far as Claudius For Claudius, yeah. <laughs> yes. We're in the last year now. And the consensus in the written source material seems to be that Claudius was poisoned. Mm. By Agrippina, no less. <laughs> mm. Mm. And I quite like um, Tacitus. Uh, the poison had been poured in to a delectable dish of mushrooms. Mm, mushrooms, the great all-rounder. <laughs> Meat for vegetarians. <laughs> I feel like the secrets of history have just been opened before us. <laughs> How could he have possibly known this? These are the sorts of stories that are obviously being picked up and repeated yeah. over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you hear, you know, you hear historians these days trying to sort of excuse this from happening by saying, oh, well, mushrooms, you know, you, anyone can make a mistake. You could have just eaten a bad one. <laughs> yeah, but surely everybody would have known which one's not to eat. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Anyway, so whatever happened, Claudius dies. Well, he wasn't young. No. So there is the provision that natural causes come into play Completely, here. and also he's never, you know, even though we, you know, we did state that we don't really know what was physically wrong with him, 
he doesn't seem to have been the strongest person <laughs> you've ever physically seen. So yeah, he could have died at any time, really. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? It was a miracle his life was preserved. <laughs> <in his life. laughs> I'm just surprised he survived. Exactly, yeah. How did he, was, he make it through? He was 63, so we're not yeah. talking about, you know... Ancient world. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's done all right. But yeah. anyway, he was poisoned. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not long after that, a certain freedman Narcissus, also mysteriously dead. <laughs> and that leaves us with Agrippina as the mother of a child who's being designated to advance, clearly marked out as the heir... And that's kind of a, a nice cliffhanger to end on, Indeed, I think. Indeed, it is. Because we're about to enter into the last of our episodes on the Julio-Claudian dynasty. Ta-da! Nero. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you weren't sure who was yeah. going to get it. Was Britannicus really in contention? No. 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 <laughs> Until next time. Farewell. Farewell.